2: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Good Morning Football. We welcome you to our breakfast table here at the end of August. That's right, preseason week three is just ahead of us. We wrapped up preseason week two action uh, last night, so we'll get you guys some highlights. My name's Kay, Nate Burleson, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, all here, and it's time for the lead block. We've seen the highs of Jameis Winston. We know his talent level is. We've also seen the lows. I ask you, Nate, based on what you saw last night, which is a pretty perfect performance from Jameis Winston, who knew he had his back to the wall to win this competition, did he do enough to slam the door?
3: For sure. He put his foot down. Mm. He should be the starter, and I, I get where Sean Payton is coming from, but come on. Come on, buddy. Uh Come on, buddy. (laughs) Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. We know you're going to go with that Winston. Um, And and that's what it seems like. Uh, James Winston right now, um, he's showing you everything that we talked about this offseason. Not just, you know, being able to learn from Drew Brees in this offense, learning from a bird's eye view outside of the game on the sideline. You also can tell, like, he's a little bit more accurate. And maybe that has to do with his LASIK surgery, him having a procedure done. Jameis looks healthy, looks motivated, looks like he's in better shape. And these guys stepping up for him. I know we keep talking about Michael Thomas and them missing him, and this is the preseason. Uh So let's not get too excited. But having guys like Callaway step up for him is huge. Jameis Winston right now is the best quarterback on this roster. I still believe they'll have a two-quarterback system because Taysom Hill coming in, running some wildcat, throwing the ball occasionally, that helps spice things up. But as far as consistency in preseason, Jameis Winston is much better than Taysom Hill. Mm.
4: It's crazy. That was Jameis's first start of any kind since 2019, like going back to his Buccaneers days. And he said it felt great. I Look, Sean Payne has no reason to tell us because the Packers have to now prepare for two. Like, okay, just in case it's Taysom, yep. what do we do? And that's an extra five hours of prep every single day leading yep. up to that week. Mm. I don't think he wants to give that away for week one. But Jameis has to be the guy after last night. Jameis was so dialed in, looked so good, looked so calm. And I got to say, Callaway's going to get the headlines and Jameis get the headlines. Mm-hmm. What we forget when we do all this in the offseason is that Sean Payton's a really good coach. And the offensive line might be the best offensive line in football. Jameis had all day back there. Look at the time he has. These are professional pass rushers trying to get to him. And he just sits back and ram check's blocking for him. And then, look, time, time, time. Clean pocket. Mm. That gives me great confidence in the Saints' offense this year that, okay, it's whether it's Taysom or it's Jameis, you can count it. Like, there's no pass rush, and that's nothing against the Jaguars' defensive line, which is actually really good. It's just that this offensive line is dominant, and they've been dominant for years. It's why Drew Brees always clean pockets and can dice teams apart. I, I am so excited to see what Jameis does if he's given this job because this could be the best situation he's ever mm-hmm. had. That offensive line and that head coach who is so invested in making sure that his team doesn't fall apart, here we go. It's week two. Saints with the sleeper team in the NFC. Yeah, they're really well coached and they've got a really good roster. Quarterbacks would be the only question. If he could play, we're in good shape.
5: Good Jameis is so exhilarating. It really is. It's, it's exhilarating.
4: You, you can't
5: take your eyes off it. You know, you mentioned the Drew Brees thing. That pass to Callaway, the first one, traveled 53 yards in the air. That is the longest pass that any Saint has so thrown weird. preseason, regular season, postseason in five years. Wow. They track that. Mm. 53. No, no one's gone this far in it's a five beautiful years. Pass. It's a Rembrandt. It's beautiful. And Good Jameis is exhilarating. But like We know Jameis can do this. This is why Jameis is Jameis. He has the highs. He's exhilarating. He can push it downfield with the best in the entire league. And last night he came out. My question is, like, is that regular season Jameis? Is that Packers Jameis? Because he did the thing in the offseason, or rather a few weeks ago, when he did the charming Jameis thing, and he said, be Bruce Wayne until you have to be Batman. You don't always have to be he was Batman last night. Yep. But, like, the most butchered movie quote ever from that movie is, what is it, like, you either die a hero or live I mean, long, long enough, enough become to become the villain? Be. No one, no one, one understands guy. it, Nobody right? It. No one gets I don't even think Aaron Eckhart got it right. It just came out that way. <laughs> but that's Jameis. At, what point, at one point, he will become the villain. So we could all say, it's over. Jameis is great. They're going to the playoffs. There will be the down. I'm not naive enough to say Jameis is just to the moon, 5,000 yards. Or four. maybe he already has
3: villain stage.
5: Yeah. Maybe tellin- it's over. I think it's more like 2 faced, Nate, personally, because it's going it, it's going to go down, but I'm just going to enjoy last night because yeah. it was awesome Jameis, and he's one of the best shows in the sport, and I think he locked it up, and I think it's more like 95-5, the split. Mm. I think it's the Jameis show. Do you
2: show. believe Coach, though? He's like, he was quiet for like 10 seconds at the podium, <laughs> and he's like, I, I don't know, and I think it's because of what you're saying. I still, for, I'm looking at Ian Book still this third preseason game. I'm looking at what he can do. I'm still looking at Taysom Hill and what he can look like. I think that leash is going to have to be short on Jameis Winston. I don't think, even if he's named the starter, those dips are not good and this team is loaded and ready to go. The entire offseason, all I was looking at was, how to put Jameis or Taysom or Ian Book or whoever the quarterback mm-hmm. is in the best position to succeed. It's a great offensive line, and it's having Michael Thomas. Him not being there was a huge drop. It was a huge miss. So I've been saying at nauseam, who's going to step up? And it's so nice when it sort of pays off and we see it emerge. We've heard about it in training camp and mm-hmm. practices. Callaway is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I know he's undrafted out of Tennessee going into his second season, hearing great things about how the team loves him, and he balled out over 100 yards, two touchdowns. He's got the hands. He's got the speed. He's got the quick. He's got, obviously, an offensive line, and Alvin Kamara, who will be out there, of course, uh, at some point. Jameis, to me, does not have this unreal performance without Marquez Calloway. Perfect throws, but perfect, perfect catches from this kid who's been balling out. So I'll say it again. Uh, By low candidate in fantasy, Either in the draft or once Michael Thomas comes back, you go to whoever drafts Marquez Marquez Callaway and you say, I will buy low because I think he'll still have a role in this offense. I
4: think he was buy low yesterday when you said it, Kay. I think after yeah. last night, he might not be buy low anymore. Was, <laughs> but, this, was his, this was his national coming out party, but you did nail it before anyone else said it. So if you got in yesterday, good luck. Grab it. It had
2: a
3: preseason Victor Cruz's feel to it. Yeah, it did. You I think? hear that.
2: Undrafted. Whole yeah. yeah, single digit number. You're right. Uh, what's with these t-shirts? What's going on?
5: So it's Nate's last week. Nate's last week here before he leaves us, and we're thinking... Oh, um, Yeah, gosh? little. Nate yes. and I, when we did the Miami Super Bowl, did a Rocky and Apollo thing on the beach <laughs> that we were very proud of, yeah. and it was really well-produced by our staff. It was. And this is Rocky and Apollo. Lest anyone think that this is Taysom and Jameis, it's not. It's Nate and me. <laughs> this is, what do you got, The shirts Peter?
4: are great, but mm. the short shorts are what make it.
5: They, oh yeah, you're right. Well, you know yeah. what,
4: Peter? Okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Should we? I, I'm just saying...
5: They're really short. They really and short. And the socks are really high. Yeah, yeah. So we're reflecting on a lot of Nate memories, and this is one for us, and
3: we'll do it later in the show. Yeah. We have the clip in the shorts. I
2: love it. Is one of your favorite memories that first show we did in Miami with Nate?
3: Oh, yeah, that was uh, – I don't remember. <laughs> it's not a memory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> At GMFE with your thoughts on the Saints, on the Jags, on the preseason, on Nate's last week here on the show. Let us know. We'll be right back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
2: Time for a training camp spotlight presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's start in Kansas City. The Chiefs taking on the Vikings Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. Head coach Andy Reid asked if he was planning to play quarterback Patrick Mahomes in the preseason finale.
6: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He, he got quite a few snaps, 33 snaps or so last game. So that was a long first half now for, you know, so I wasn't anticipating 45 plays. Um, but. That's okay. We we need the work, and and he got good work in. Well, I think it's good for Pat, but I also think it's good for the offensive line and Pat to see kind of how that, how that's going to work, and and get a feel for him, for them to get a feel for him, and likewise. So, I, and we've got some young guys, and that uh, that's why I left them in with Chad so that they could get a little bit more extended work there. And really, all five of you know we've got two veterans on the left side. I mean, all five of them are, are new, so. We need to, you need to play, and that, um, you know, this gives us that opportunity.
2: A little insight there from a Super Bowl-winning head coach, Coach Andy Reid, saying that he'll give Patrick Mahomes and his starters reps in their final preseason game. So it's always fascinating and difficult to go through how these coaches have to make these decisions about how teams should approach preseason snaps and work uh, out there. There's a very risk-versus-reward feel to it. So some teams have their starting quarterbacks securely on their butt, bubble wrap on the sidelines, true contenders like the Chiefs somehow still giving their starters like Patrick Mahomes reps. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about how teams are approaching uh, this in their final? final preseason game now that there's only three
3: yeah well typically in this situation i would say sit pat mahomes but you know you have patrick mahomes you have three preseason games instead of four so you're trying to get as much work as you can in there and patrick mahomes he looks good he's moving around well we all know he had that turf toe in the offseason that foot surgery but he needs to be out there with his offensive line as much as i'm gonna say well health is wealth and you have to protect your investment you're paying him half a billion dollars so why are you putting him out there He needs to see what it feels like with five new guys in front of him. The five new guys in front of him needs to feel blocking for an extended amount of time, knowing that Patrick Mahomes can extend plays. So that way, it's not a shock when you get into that first preseason game. You know, I I wanted to come in and say, well, listen, I'd rather not see him. Seeing Patrick Mahomes in the last preseason game is like seeing Giannis Antetokounmpo Mm -hmm. in the summer league. Sure. But, you know they are two different guys. You know, you have one guy who's a Greek freak and one hot guy who's a Chiefs freak. And mm-hmm. I feel like Patrick Mahomes right now, he needs as much reps as he can because the last time we saw him running around was it with that Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. defense destroying their offensive line. So if he can get out there and get a few reps in, a few reps in that third preseason game, they'll be mm-hmm. perfectly fine.
4: It's a matter of philosophy, right? So... Justin Herbert has a whole new offensive line also. He's got Corey Lindsley, a new center. He's got Rashawn Slater. new guard. He won't touch the field. Brandon Staley was like, we're not putting Herbert out in preseason. Mm-hmm. And he's just a second-year guy. Yeah. I would imagine Mahomes is a little more experienced, is a little more comfortable with the Chiefs offense than Herbert would be with the Chargers' offense, but that's philosophy. Jared Goff never played under McVay in these preseason games. They just put him on like, what's the point? We're not going to mm-hmm. do scrimmages mm-hmm. every day. Okay. We practice. I find it really interesting, the different philosophies, because Andy Reid is a Super Bowl winning head coach, like you said, and he's no fool, he's no dummy, and yet he wants to see Mahomes get 33 snaps in a second preseason game. Like, what's to gain from that? But his thing is, new offensive line, let's get comfort, might as well take it, it's free, might as well have it. Um, Daniel Jones hasn't taken a snap Uh all summer for the New York Giants. So much pressure on him. I think he's going to play the first half this week in the season finale when they play the Patriots. I think that's the feel out of New York that we are going to see Daniel Jones. And I think those snaps do matter. I'm with you on that, Nate. I feel like it it almost is a momentum thing. If Daniel Jones can come in and operate two really good drives, not only does it catapult him and his confidence with that offensive line and that offense and some of these new weapons they have, but it also can have the Giants fans feeling like, okay, that was a glimpse. We know we've got something good here. Mm -hmm. We've got something good here. I don't think he's going to fall on his face in a mm-hmm. preseason game. i like it to see them get a little bit. But Herbert, mm-hmm. I don't think Burrow's going to play much mm-hmm. if he plays at all. And, uh, and, you know, you see Stafford out in L.A., he's not playing. It's a matter of philosophy, and these coaches differ. And I think there's a really interesting piece to, like, who coached with who and yeah. what their philosophies are. But in this case, uh, Justin Herbert doesn't have to take a snap, but Patrick Mahomes needs to take 33 it's just what it is. It's insane to me. The Daniel Jones thing makes sense. Like, seeing Patrick Mahomes, I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable.
5: It just, even, like, it affects our jobs, too. Like, I'm nervous seeing Patrick Mahomes out there. Because it's not, the, the metaphor is, it's not the CEO of a company. It's, not, it's, more, it's like the pilot of a plane when you're in the air. Like, if the pilot goes, like, we're screwed. We're absolutely done. And it's true. It's all over the map. Like, there are old made guys Rodgers won't play it down. Russ Wilson won't play it down. Stafford, you mentioned uh, middle-of-the-career guys. Derek Carr won't play. Tannehill won't play. And then there's also young guys. Josh Allen and Baker. Not seeing the field. They're just not doing it. And yet Patrick Mahomes, the future and the face of the sport, is playing 33 snaps. I I Listen, Andy Reid is Andy Reid. Who am I to question it? Are you telling me that you can't go through live scrimmages, live versus the ones in practice, with your O-line, unbelievable, endless kinds of drills to simulate that? One thing. Got... I'm just saying, collarbone, gone. See you later. Yeah. The season is done. Chad Henney is your starting court. It is over. you know the argument is. It could happen at practice too. Not uh, as likely not, though. Not another team I mean, team like team. even Trevor Lawrence last night, like I don't know what the hell he was doing out there. This season those is guys, done. Those guys on the Saints are trying to make the team. Yeah, no, for sure. Try try to take his head off, but the no one's, no you one's know in practice. practice you're not practice. touching him in practice, or you're cut, or you're gone. You know I'm
0: like
3: saying? you can walk just, home. Andy Reid, it works understand. for him. I hate it. I hate it. I I what do you think? It, we've seen it before. We've seen guys go down in practice. Andy Reid is old school. Let's just call it what it is. You named a couple of young coaches. These young coaches, they have a different philosophy on approaching the preseason. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is, let's get our reps. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we get off the field and let's approach the first game with as much confidence as we can. And Peter, to your point, you said, well, I don't know if. Daniel Jones, if he doesn't play in the third preseason game, mm-hmm. the Giants will struggle week one. Huh. I would put my name on that. Mm. Because it's not just the confidence of the offensive line. How about that receiver who hasn't caught a live ball from Daniel Jones in a game, and when he gets hit for the first time or the ball skips on the ground or it's an overthrown ball, that receiver is walking back to the other thinking, mm-hmm. I wish we had more reps in the preseason. But how
2: about Tyreek Hill? He doesn't need more reps with Patrick Mahomes. You can't compare Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes in this situation. The offensive line really, which you brought up, is the only reason you would have him out there, right? He doesn't need... Which
3: is significant. I don't
2: think we can compare any of the guys, even staff, or even guys you named to Patrick Mahomes in this offense that he knows so well has been so successful. And I'll ask Coach Andy Reid. I get to talk to him tomorrow. I might play this very clip Good. and be like, respond to this, Coach. What do you think to sort of get more in his mind? To me, old-school mentality means rest everybody in the fourth preseason game, the final preseason game. Maybe it goes older than that, but that's always – nobody plays the last game, so it's going to be super interesting mm-hmm. to see how it uh, shakes out. I, I will bring up Dak. We didn't mention Dak in this conversation, right. Triggs. What do you got on Dak? Because he's not going to
4: play in the preseason. Should we, be,
2: should we be worried about Is this even one of those things where we're all like, whatever, if there's conspiracies about his throwing motion and he's not doesn't look good, it's, okay, we're going to laugh because he's going to go scorched earth week one and on?
4: I sure hope so for him. I, I mean, but we're not going to see him in any live action in preseason. How
2: do you feel about that? I,
4: I would love to have seen Dak play, except I understand where they're coming mm. from. I get it. Like, these games do not matter. They mean nothing. And... You almost want to see it just so he can get comfortable because he hasn't played in, what, 12 months? I mean, I guess he played six weeks last year. And you just want to see him in there. But I, I, we'll see it week one. It's not ideal. It's not ideal, but you can't risk an injury today. Right,
5: right, I mean, Michael Vick running around against the Ravens, preseason, it old hurt. school.
4: Snaps his legs. Done. He's it's on true. the Madden cover. Done. Mark Brunel got knocked out when the Jaguars were Super Bowl favorites. Like, it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Let me ask you this. Do you want to see Daniel Jones? Are the quarterbacks that you do... Yeah. Is there, like, a tier? Where does it cut off?
5: I think the made want? guys don't need to be out there. And I, I, there's also be something to, they may want to be out there. Like, it may be part of Mahomes' preparation that I yeah, want to get reps and sure. And if you do and you're on the same page, it's fine. But the guys, the Daniel Jones types, I would call them, like, the project types, sure, yeah, because Daniel Jones is not a made guy. He doesn't even have the secure on his position moving forward. But, like, you think Rodgers would go out there in a second? No, he doesn't need
3: to, and he doesn't want to. But think about shouldn't. this, if you're Andy Reid and, and you're talking to your offense, in your defense, in your coaching staff, the last two years, preseason, we put our starters out there. We've got a taste during the preseason. Mm-hmm. And we went to back-to-back Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, it's a great point. Yes. No, it works.
3: It works. Y- it, works. It, 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 it works. It is a proven recipe for you success. You know why,
5: Nate? Because the house always wins. Like, you're just pushing it again and again. And listen, maybe it's not Mahomes. Maybe it's somebody else. Can you imagine anybody missing one quarter of time in the regular season because they're out there getting reps in the preseason? A main I, guy? I hear you on it's that. It's tough, I man. hear you on
3: that.
2: It shows a lot of trust in their offensive line, clearly. Uh, I will be on the sidelines for that one in Kansas City. NFL.com slash tickets. Tickets as low as $21. Join me in Kansas City for all of that fun between the Chiefs and the Vikings on Friday night. More rookie talk on the way. Which players climb in the rookie rankings after week two of the preseason? Oh, we're back to this.
5: This is fun. I like this. (laughs) It's kind of like power rankings just for rookies. Is Najee Harris the best preseason running back? I don't know if he is. Welcome back, new segment alert. It features alliteration, so it passes the test, and we got another full dose of that beautiful preseason football this week. So it is time, my friends, to update our rookie rankings at each position with rookie risers. That's what we call it. Here is how it works. Each of us ranked the top three rookies at a position over the preseason. Peter talks with quarterbacks, I did running backs, Kay Adams handled receivers, and Nate will pick up defensive rookies. So what we do is we track them through the whole preseason. Who is the best second and third? And then moving on week after week, how do they advance or fall off that medal stand? We'll be updating those rankings based on that week of play. So let's kick things off with Pete Shrags and his rookie quarterback rankings. Pete, let's take a look at where
4: your rankings were last week. Let's see last week's here because we came out of this thing and I was like, Wilson's one, mm-hmm. Fields was outstanding, two, Lawrence was three. We've had a shakeup. OK. We've had a shakeup after bad. two weeks. Now, these are cumulative, so we're taking all the games in. A- huh? All right. Justin Fields has moved down. Really? Okay. Justin Fields really? has moved down. Now, my new list, Justin Fields is three wow. on my new hey. list. Let's huh. get rid of that here. Jason, Justin Fields is three. I think Fields played well, mm-hmm. but Mitch Trubisky was the story on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, Fields certainly didn't light it up to the point where we're like, okay, here's our surefire. Now, granted, he's playing with the threes and the fours. It wasn't the same deal as what other guys are dealing with. Right. We're all playing with the starters. Fields is three. Two. Let's insert Trey Lance's he had the one beautiful pass the first time that he got on the field against the Chiefs. But on Saturday, or Sunday night, it was a showcase. This guy has a howlitzer for an arm. He can move. And I love the way he moderated with the offense with the ones. He was throwing the ball to Benjamin, to Sherfield And he was getting the running backs involved as well. He was going back and forth with Garoppolo. And I love the way this offense responded once he got on the field. Trey Lance looks the part. He's number two. And number one. Who's at the top? For the second straight week. Nice. We go to the New York Jets. Gang green. And Zach Wilson is our number one rookie quarterback Oof. of the preseason thus far. It's really pretty. It looks so nice coming out of his hand. And look, he hit Tyler Croft on about 11 passes, I think. That's what I said yesterday on the two show. Two touchdowns, yeah. He <laughs> <Ding. laughs> might, might have underrated. He might have had 15 catches and 10 uh-huh, touchdowns uh-huh. the way it felt. But just moved the ball right down the field. And I believe he's had four drives as a New York Jet quarterback, and we have seen enough. We know that this guy is has the it. starter for week one. He has it. He has something. this play here, the little rollout. You showed it a bunch yesterday, Kyle. I love the way he moves in the pocket. I love the confidence. I hey. love what Rodgers had to say. Now, I don't know if we're giving out medals, if we're giving out trophies at the end, but this might be a runaway. Zach Wilson, one. Lance, two. Fields, three. Lawrence, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger, Ian Book, nowhere to be found. We've got only three. They can't all make the list. We're going Wilson, Lance, and Fields as my one, two, and three. How about running backs? How about running backs? Let's, Let's get into it. Let's see what I had last week as we
5: tracked the rookie running backs through the preseason. This is a week ago. Metal stand, Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Patriots, Peter's guy Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers, and then the first-round pick out of Alabama, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers but we got a shakeup. We got a big shakeup, all kinds of action. Let's start with number three, Jarrett Patterson of the Washington football team. This is a friend of the show, undrafted out of Buffalo, little guy where he put up massive numbers in college. An absolute stats maniac that Peace Rays got deep into in the offseason. He broke off some nice runs against Cincinnati, looked tough. Just look at him, he's five foot five. Very small, Jarrett Patterson, and yes, he does have a twin brother named James Patterson who's killing it in the beach novel circuit. Wow. Jarrett Patterson came out, look at that. We got him on special teams. This is what gets you on the medal stand. Yeah. Jarrett, welcome. You know the Ron Rivera teams want to run the football. They'll try to do it with him. Number two, Najee Harris. Najee Harris coming in at two. We saw this play. Now, Jeff Okuda, the star corner that they drafted a couple years back, got knocked to the ground on this. There was absolutely no Okuda Matata, as Nate used to say. This is more of a be prepared, which he was not. Look at the move right here. Yes, terrifying song. So Najee Harris just kind of coasting through the medal set number two, but number one for the second week in a row, Ramondre Stevenson. ball. Two more touchdowns this week. He is the leading rusher in the preseason. He's going 7.7 yards per carry. <laughs> Guys, he's having as good of a preseason as you can possibly have for a rookie. You wanna know how I know? Back in the day, there's another running back who got a lot of work in the preseason. I wanna give you a side-by-side with he and Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. Give it to me right now. Give me my full screen, Ramondre Stevenson versus Let's go. Oh, do we have it? Who knows? Yes, nope, that's not it. That's okay. I I was under the impression that we had a side-by-side here in the television business, but Ramondre is first, then Najee Harris, then Jared Patterson. So, Ramondre, we have a dynasty. Two weeks in a row, what I was going to show you was that he is way ahead of Derrick Henry in his rookie preseason. Derrick Henry got a lot of work, a lot of touches, and he's not—there it is— that's it, right on time, 193 to 216, touchdowns, and only in two games. Two They're nice creating games. four. Wow. So what I'm saying is, Ramon team is going to rush for 2,000 yards in this league. Just book it right Just now. Just give him seven years. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's seven monitor. years <laughs> in 2028, he'll rush for 2,000 It's like, this yards. is the NFL? Yes. It's pretty serious. simple. Adams, wide out. Michael, Michael
2: Carter belong on that list. Oh, I
4: love my Michael Carter. got to get Michael Carter on
2: the map. Only 3
4: yeah, yeah. Only, yeah, only so many only Jets.
2: All right. Um, How do I put this nicely? The rookie wide receivers just aren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. They haven't didn't do anything the first preseason week. If we take a look at it, uh, these were the rankings last week, and it was like, oh, he had one snap. He played on special teams. There were some nice things. There's some nice moments we can latch on to. We don't have the full screen. That's okay. Something crashed.
5: (laughs) Um, Hey! Okay, so these
2: were the breaks. Last week, Jalen Waddell, Rhonda Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr. Let's see if they get shaken up. They do, in fact, at the number three spot. I'm going to insert somebody that I... Shranks, what list did you have, Jalen Darden? This was my
4: oh, it was my favorite diamond in the rough pick for the draft. Is that Jalen Darden? This was
2: a draft. Okay, so he's 5'7". Here's what you guys oh. watching need to know about Jalen Darden. He's another weapon as if the Bucks needed one. They didn't, but he's a fourth rounder out of North Texas. He had dynamic playmaking ability out there, a couple of nice punt returns. He had a 19-yarder, added a couple of catches as well. And he said this to Peter King the other day about his first meeting with Tom Brady. Uh, Thomas apparently said to him, Hey, Jalen, happy to have you on the team. Studied your film. Then he took the time to help him run. Dale Moore here, as you're seeing, is number two. Uh, He hasn't put up crazy numbers or anything, but we do get get some good taste of what he's capable of, which is what we love. Nice little toss from Colt McCoy. He's crazy quick. We love to watch him. Couple catches, flashing versatility. One catch from Kyler. Kyler wasn't out there long. Cannot wait to see the full experience. And at number one, would you guess that I like the Panthers? What is with you and the Panthers, Kay? No. I really like Terrace Marshall, though. He's leading all rookies. In receiving this preseason, third in the NFL overall, guess what he's averaging yards per catch? 14. 23. Hey! <laughs> 23 yards per catch, big target, he's fast, he's got hands. I love seeing it for him. Uh, it was upsetting seeing him fall uh, from a productive first rounder all the way at the end of the second round, but... There are some concerning medical reports. He looks pretty fresh out there, if you ask me. And going, to hit, uh, obviously, to Carolina, he gets to reunite with his old buddy from LSU, Joe Brady. Those two are clearly clicking so far.
3: No doubt about it. Darden is going to do damage with the Bucks. You like that guy? Oh, yeah. Quick, fast. I mean, Tom
2: Brady doesn't study your tape if he's not going to make you special. And He apparently sat with him in, like, was like, when you in the corners over here, I'm going to put crazy. the ball here. Yeah. Okay, that's a sign. And it's
3: about time we get a good special teams returner back in the let's game. Let's go. We haven't seen a let's really go. good one in quite some time. Alright, so I've got the defensive rookies. Uh, let's see what Sean O'Hara did last week. Ooh. I'm going to pick up where he left off. Number one linebacker, okay, Jeremiah Wusu karamoa then we have Rashad Weaver from the Titans. Linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. Uh-huh. And Quincy Roach. Okay, so let's go ahead and do this again. I'm going to switch it up. We're going to go all all the mix Kings. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Can you See my list. We got Elijah yeah, we go. Molden. He's a okay. third round pick, and I'm partial to the third rounders. He was all over the place, Shreggs. You're right about that. He's <laughs> playing for the Titans out of University of Washington. Shout out to the Huskies. Yeah. Second preseason game eight tackles that led the team, one sack, one force fumble. Tyron Matthews said this about him people will regret not drafting him sooner. Tyron He's
5: Matthews th- talking about him? Yes,
3: and you know he knows good defenders. Um, but yeah, he can play nickel. He's a guy that can move around, and he loves to hit. Physical. Look at him. Physical. Off. I like that. Helmet off, yelling, barking in the free season. We love a, a good cornerback like that. Reminds Spiel me market. of Cortland Finnegan. Just he does. Talk about, about it. Right. He's including no helmet. Talk about it. Hope there ain't no Andre Johnson out there. All right. So let's keep this thing going. Number two, Jeremiah Wusu-Karamaw. Okay. Slides a little bit to number two, but this right. linebacker is an absolute beast. He is a wrecking shop. His
4: speed, <laughs> his athletic ability. Nate, what do you think of a linebacker wearing 28? It's a little confusing,
3: but <laughs> you know what it does, It's though. a safety. It yo. makes you think he's a safety. Well, he is
4: that size.
3: He is that size, and he has safety speed. So think about it when you're yeah. a quarterback and you're trying to identify the linebacker. You're like, uh, uh, Wait, wait, that's not him. Safe, safety, I mean, uh-uh. back And then he gets on the edge, and he's coming to sack you. So, um, yeah, he, he's a beast. That first preseason game, as you guys may know, eight tackles. Three of those were for a loss, so he is smacking dudes in the backfield. And Jacob Phillips suffered a bicep injury last week, so that could lead to more snaps for him. All right, number one, Joe Tryon. Shoyinka? Yeah, I believe I said that right. Hopefully I did. Um, he added his father's last name. So, uh, you know, he wanted to extend his name. But you know what? He's also extending his playing time by making plays out there on the field. 32nd overall pick to the Bucks. They're just adding defenders. Man, that's- it seems like that everything's going right for them right now. It's crazy. What's he gonna do? They got 15 starters back on defense alone. And they got 12 linebackers, and they're all coming downhill <laughs> smacking. My man, the snot my out man of guys.
4: Nacho, Nunez Rochez, came out and said, I thought I could be a first round pick. Then I see what this guy's doing, and I realize I am not a first round pick. Yeah,
3: That's absolutely. How good he looks. Right. And he took some uh, snaps on special You know, when you're, you're good when a really good linebacker has to take snaps on special teams. So they might have the best special teams in all of football, oh, the football, the Buccaneers, especially with Darton as well. So yeah,
2: they're loaded. Did we miss somebody? Probably. Let yeah. us know. Let us know which rookies we missed. It's rookie risers. Please complain at GMFB. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard. And then on Love top of it,
6: like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game.
3: I remember you came out from him crying, tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. Man. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning.
0: Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't not need it.
1: It is time to do some news and talking about New England and their quarterback situation, which we've talked about over the last several weeks. As of this moment, Cam Newton appears to have the inside track in New England against rookie Mac Jones. But Mac is going to be able to have the spotlight all to himself over the next few days. That's because Cam Newton will be away from the team. You see, he ended up violating the NFL's COVID-19 testing protocols. That's right, so Cam will be away from the team for a little bit. He traveled to a club-approved medical appointment that required him to leave the New England area. The misunderstanding centers around testing that happens away from the team facility. He's in the process of a five-day re-entry program for players who are not fully vaccinated, so he won't be with the team until that's complete. The Jaguars losing rainback right Travis Etienne early on in last night's game against the Saints. After the game, head coach Urban Meyer calling it a sprained foot. But the rookie running back will undergo more tests today to determine the extent of this injury. And a welcome sight. At Colts camp on Monday as Carson Wentz, there he is, back on the practice field taking part in individual drills. It was the first time he's practiced since undergoing foot surgery earlier this month, so now the question is, will he be able to play in the season opener?
0: It's going to be up to the doctors, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as there's nothing that I can do to, to injure myself or make it worse, uh, I know I've played through I played through a lot worse, um, but it's going to come down to what the doctors say. I'm optimistic, but we'll see. We'll see. Honestly, it's, it's not fully my call, kind of like I was just saying. It's going to come down to the doctors and surgeons and trainers and seeing how we feel, and a lot will depend on how I, how I respond and how the foot feels day after day after being out here.
1: And all-pro guard Quinn Nelson also returning
4: to practice. We now welcome back our NFL Network front office analyst, three-time Super Bowl champion when he was with the Patriots, and, of course, has a decorated resume beyond that. He is, most importantly, the Tuesday guest on Good Morning Football. Let's welcome back Scott Pioli. what's up, Scott? 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 Good morning,
8: everybody. Good morning.
4: Great to see you this morning, Scott. And last time you joined us, we spoke about the uneven performances from Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston in their first preseason week. After watching the performances last night against the Jaguars, what's your takeaway on the Saints quarterback situation?
8: Yeah, the big thing last night was we finally saw confidence, the right kind of confidence and command by Jameis Winston. He played three drives, and we all know the stats. He was accurate. What was interesting, though, is Sean Payton did a lot of really good play calling for him, and he executed. You know, in this game, to me, the second touchdown pass was the key. They had everybody lined up at the line of scrimmage. They were showing zero coverage. They went with it. He waited because they knew that they were bringing one more than they could protect. Waited to the last second and threw an absolute dime in the end zone for the touchdown. That showed some maturity. So, to me, I saw Jameis Winston take a huge step forward yesterday. Now, the Taysom Hill evaluation was really difficult because he was playing with the backup offensive line, the backup receivers. There wasn't much for Taysom to do because, I, to me, the table was a little bit slanted, but it was slanted for a reason. That tells me that Jameis Winston has been doing more in practice to show Sean Payton. And the front office that this is going to be our guy. Now, to me, the key is not going to be how good it was last night. Tremendous seeing success for Jameis. But to me, what's most important here is the fact is, how is Jameis Winston going to handle success? He always has success. He's undoubtedly one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league talent-wise. Now he has to just control himself and handle success as he moves forward.
5: It really is the story, Scott. We've been tracking it. We will continue to track it. We cannot get enough Mm -hmm. of it. Meanwhile, the Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton, he has to be away from the team facility for five days after what is very generously being called a misunderstanding about tests conducted away from NFL facilities. He can return to the team in person on Thursday. Scott, you know that organization inside and out as well as anybody. What is your reaction to this story? And on the field, how about this idea now that Mac Jones is going to be taking first-team reps away from Cam? Kyle, my initial
8: reaction was true surprise because this is not an organization that has miscommunications and has many misunderstandings. That's the most surprising thing to me, to see that it's being characterized this way. Something clearly went wrong. Looking at it on the field, to me, this is a golden opportunity for Mac Jones because right now they're getting ready for practices down in New York and they have two days of practices and Cam Newton is not going to be able to be a part of that. So what's going to happen now is Mac Jones is going to have an opportunity to have all of the first team reps if that's what the Patriots choose to do. And in these practices, because of the relationship between Bill Belichick and Joe Judge, what I think they're going to be able to do with Mac Jones and with Daniel Jones is give them both first-team reps full speed without the quarterbacks getting hit. So to me, this is going to be a golden opportunity for Mac Jones to prove what he can do and to make significant progress. And Cam Newton's not going to be able to do that. The thing is that Cam was making tremendous progress. It looked to me from the outside that he was the, going to be the clear leader going into the regular season, being as long as he may, remained healthy. But to me, this is truly a step back for Cam Jones and a step forward for Mac Jones, for Cam Newton and Mac Jones.
2: The, the door is open. Sounds like they, of course, play the Giants, as you said, uh, here in at MetLife on Sunday, I do believe, or maybe it's not Sunday. I'll take a look at it.
4: Sunday afternoon, Sunday 6:00.
2: afternoon, yeah, on NFL yep. Network. So take a look at that one as the door now remains uh, cracked open. I want to ask you about Carson Wentz. Yeah, so mm. as I understand it, he was back at practice yesterday. He had a procedure on his foot about three weeks ago. A lot of people were excited, enthusiastic, but a little surprised he came back that early. His original window for return was a really all over the place, five to 12 weeks. So how cautious should the Colts be about returning him to the field?
8: Kay, first of all, I love the brilliance by Chris Ballard and Frank Reich when this injury happened. And they said five to 12 weeks because the truth was Mm -hmm. they didn't know. They were extremely transparent that they didn't know They were essentially saying, hey, listen, we're not doctors. It's gonna be somewhere in this range. And they managed the expectations. Now, the most important day, truthfully, is gonna be today. Because yesterday he stressed his foot. He did a lot of things that were normal football drills that his body may not have had during the rehab process to this point. But now, how did the body react? And how is the body gonna feel today after really being stressed? So today will be an important day and then stacking those days on top of that on on top of yesterday because i think what's really clear is they have to manage this situation and be very smart about it because i think what we've seen is that both jacob easton and 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 sam ellinger are not going to be the answer there's a significant gap between what carson wentz is a player and what the two backups are so i think that they've done a really really good job of managing
3: it thus far now we've got to see what they do moving forward All right, Scott, let's go to San Francisco, where head coach Kyle Shanahan is praising the performances of both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo after preseason week two. Um, Now, when a team has two viable quarterbacks like this, what kind of conversations go on behind the scenes in the coaching rooms and in the front offices to decide who's going to be the starter?
8: Nate, this is a great question because everybody gets to see what happens on the field and everyone has their own opinion and their own evaluation, including people outside of the organization. But it's, what's most important is what is what we don't see with the naked eye, and that is particularly with young quarterbacks. Are they getting out of the huddle fast enough? Are they running the operation? Are they doing all the things at the line of scrimmage to set the entire offense up for success and not setting players up for failure? Are they identifying the mic? Are they setting the protection right? These are the things that they're talking about. This is where the the input of the assistant coaches, particularly the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator are critical because as a front office guy or former front office guy, I firmly believe that it's not the general manager's job to say who's going to play and who's going to start that's on the coaches the coaches always have greater insight into the team and know more of what's going on because they're sitting in the meetings they're seeing how players are reacting so those conversations at this point are really very important the other conversations that are important are the conversations that are being had with the trainers with the equipment managers with the with these sports scientists, as we call them now, the strength and conditioning coaches, because they're seeing how the other players are collaborating and how they feel about their quarterback. You're taking all those things into the conversation, and as a front office member or general manager, you're helping lead the conversation. But at the end of the day, the head coach needs to make that decision, again, based on those
4: other things. Thank you for joining this one. Thanks.
2: GMFB rolls on to fantasy draft time. The top 12 rankings have been put out at every position. I keep getting asked about guys who weren't on the list. Mm. The people that barked the most about the players the most are going to get their... uh, you know, get their info that they need right okay. here. I've got you covered. Right. We're calling it fill in the rank. Here's how it's going to work. You guys are going to tee up three players at a certain position. I'll tell you the order. I think they should be drafted in. It's pretty simple. Kyle, do you want to give it a go?
5: I'd love to. Let's start with the building blocks of any fantasy roster. That would be the running backs. Okay. Here are the three that you have to rank. Fill in the rank. Hey? You got Antonio Gibson, excellent player for Washington. J.K. Dobbins, Mr. Peter Schrager, breakout list. And then Josh Jacobs quietly just sitting there in Las Vegas saying, what about me?
2: Yes, I think. I know Peter Schrager would go J.K. Dobbins yeah. at one. I'm going to put him at three here because I think wow. consistency is still going to be a thing for him. At any given point, on any given day, it's Lamar Jackson, who's the leading rusher. And he's been that for each of the last two years. He's pretty much always their primary option on the ground. The Ravens like to rotate running backs. I like what he'll do. He'll probably end up in RB1. But out of these three guys, I would take him last. That means, number two, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs and give him the, the love here. Okay. He, you know, hasn't had that year that we really have expected yet, but let's not count out that he's had two straight 1,300-yard seasons. He's done this thing. When you're looking at volume, I mean, he's had 12 touchdowns last year. He finished eighth among running backs. The ceiling might not be as high as others, and Kenyon Drake's obviously going to eat into some of this madness, but he's a lock for 300 touches, finishing third among running backs in touches last year. So consistency, I like his consistency more than Dobbins. So that leaves us with Antonio Gibson as the the running back I like more than the rest of these three. He missed three games during his rookie season and still scored 11 touchdowns and finished just outside – RB1 status. He was the 13th best running back, former receiver in college, I think in a PPR league. His ceiling's a little bit higher than some other options, and he's going to be helped by having Fitzpatrick back there instead of that quarterback carousel situation that this Washington football team went through last year.
3: All right, I'll jump in. Uh, Kyle said the running backs are the building blocks yes, of any fantasy team. I'll go with the Tetris piece of the Ooh. fantasy team. And, and the wide receivers, they're like that L block. If you line that up oh, perfectly... Oh, man. Oh, man.
8: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Taking on everything.
2: Of course you would say uh, yeah, the Yeah, so let's go, uh,
3: <laughs> let's rank these guys. Guys. Okay. Following wide receivers Adam Thielen, mm. Mike Evans, and Julio Jones. What do you got?
2: I like all these guys. I get so many questions about all three. At three, I'm going to put Adam Thielen just because of the volume. A lot of mouths to feed, run first offense. It is what it is. He's become the number two option behind Justin Jefferson. As I said, it is what it is. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have another transcendent season. Celan's going to do his thing, but out of these three guys, I would put him last. I would put Jones at two because you kind of say, you know, same about him and him potentially being the 1B or 1A to A.J. Brown's 1A, and of course they run quite a bit there with Derrick Henry, but...
3: Who do you think has more yards this year?
2: Who? What do you mean?
3: Julio Jones or A.J. Brown?
2: A.J. Brown. Mm. I do. Mm -hmm. But I think, obviously, Julio is another level of Hall of Fame-bound talent from Adam Thielen, so you have to put him above Adam Thielen. But I didn't have Julio Jones in my top 12 uh, Mm -hmm. wide receivers, Nate. Mm. I had A.J. Brown at, what, seven? Mm -hmm. I think at seven. Tannehill at seven at quarterback. So, yeah. Okay, and last but not least, I would put Evans for his consistency. I think consistency sort of wins me out here. Uh, touchdown potential with Brady. He's been in the NFL for seven years. He has seven 1,000-yard seasons. That's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. No one's ever done that in the history of the NFL. He also racked up 13 touchdowns last year. He played through injuries. A lot of mouths to feed. Still are. All highest, Yeah, highest floor of any, I mean, receiver really, period. You know you're going to get touchdowns. He is the main red zone target, I think, for Tom Brady this year, too. Yeah. It's hard to keep him out of the top 12, but it just shows you there's some depth feeder.
3: First ballot, Kyle? If
5: he continues this, it's not even a joke. He will seven go to the Hall of Fame. I'll say it right
4: now. I say right now. Think he has any all pro? I mean, I don't know. Yes, he's you, doing you, things that have never been done. Over 7,000 right? yards. Yeah. Consistent.
3: He, he has a do. Super Bowl ring. ring. got work to do. Calvin just got in. And yeah. I love Calvin.
2: What kind of work yeah. does he got in? How many thousand yards? Six, six or seven more in? years.
3: Kay's got
4: him outside the top 10 of
3: I mean, he's yeah, he's and hall hall and I'm not famer. arguing. That's not my top 12. I didn't mean to yeah. derail the conversation. That's no, no right. it's a good talk. Always like, Kevin, talk. Do, you,
2: do you think Julio Jones has more yards than A.J. Brown? That one.
3: This is a toss-up. I, I, I believe that A.J. Brown is the number one wide receiver, but Tannehill could throw the Julio Jones for the first time in the game
4: and be like, holy smokes. Uh-huh. I Julio, Julio hasn't more. practiced in three and a half weeks. Let's go <laughs> to the field first. <laughs> okay. and right. to see Debbie Donner, what, do what do you got next? Let's do some quarterbacks.
3: We
2: gave Julio his toe drag swag.
4: He did quarterbacks, he did do 12, but there was three that were... Missing. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and a guy that everyone's high on right now, Baker Mayfield. Uh, How do yeah. you rank these three, Ken?
2: I'm getting killed by Browns fans. <laughs> killed by them because Nick Chubb is the only one I have on any fantasy list that I put out there. I might pick the Browns to win the Super Bowl, and it's because they're so balanced. I'm not
3: kidding. Is that a tease? I might. I might possibly, arguably. My
2: my homage to Nate Burleson might be as your walk-off to Mm -hmm. take on your Browns. Love. I love the team. They're so balanced. They're so well-rounded. But Baker Mayfield, I like the least out of these three options. Unfortunately, it's a Nick Chubb-led team. We know this. He's as a real-life quarterback. I love Baker Mayfield fantasy-wise. He threw for just 222 yards per game last year. That was the lowest, the lowest among full-time starters. Bottom of the barrel. This is as heavy a run offense as there is, and it just kills Baker's ceiling in fantasy. Like I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. I'm not saying you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Calm down, but like this, ugh, woof can't do it.
5: It's a good thing. Browns fans should yeah. like this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe it's, it's good. a compliment I don't have one your,
2: Maybe it's good I don't have Odell's And Baker.
5: Team. Yeah, he wants to get it, paid.
4: It's like for I,
3: real. Like, I don't
5: want to. If the Browns have to go, go 15
4: and two, Baker's your MVP. And Maybe he's a yes. fantasy quarterback.
3: Yes. he's your MVP. And he's making what, 250 million dollars?
2: Yeah. I had Nick Chubb on my list. I think at eight, and I did have the Browns as one of my sneaky amazing defenses to own in fantasy and Top Five Friday. Okay, at two, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Just outside the top 12. I had him in the top 12 for a minute. Uh, volume passer. He was when he was out there and he was healthy. He was throwing and throwing and throwing. I know they have mixed in there, but I feel like this is going to be a Bengals team that's going to be playing from behind. Game script matters. In fantasy football, he's got some weapons. Hopefully, Jamar Chase turns a corner. never Sometimes not easy for a rookie wide receiver, but they do have the chemistry there. T. Higgins, a guy I like for a 1,000-yard season again this year, so I'm going to go Burrow. And then, of course, at one, I am going to go Trevor Lawrence. We've talked about, we showed the highlights from the Saints last night. Yeah, I think he's borderline quarterback one status given his running abilities. So we did get the small sample size of the fact that he was using his legs. We saw it at, Clems- at Clemson. 17 scores over the last two seasons in college. I like it. And we're going to see, uh, hopefully, that shine through and he can distribute the ball. Rushing upside has me excited about him. So, very little upside with Baker Mayfield. Very much upside with Trevor Lawrence if they can get it going. Mm. We're talking numbers.
3: With th- mm-hmm. After what you saw, him running DJ around Char-
2: like that. DJ Yeah, I do. It, I- it's
3: it's it's not about the wide receivers. He needs to get the ball out.
2: Yeah, to me, it's, it's never about Trevor Lawrence. I think he's solid. It was always been about the coaching staff and what they can do. So that's what I'm leaning on here, and hopefully they can figure it out. Yeah. But numbers-wise, I mean, how would you have ranked those quarterbacks?
5: I, it's tough because we just watched Lawrence last night and we have this fresh taste in our mouth, but never mind Why that. is it
2: such a bad taste from Lawrence?
5: It just looked rough. He looked rookie-ish. He looked young and the Jaguars it's got it's sacked
3: a lot. You, you, you saw know? the rookie woes coming. Like, you know, it was, yeah. it was almost...
2: Is it rookie woes or is it us hyping him as, like, the next thing? No, number that felt one
4: like Varsity grow. versus JV yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last night, it was so one-sided and the Saints came out so hot that it's hard not to look at that offense and say, okay, is this suddenly going to mm-hmm. be bad? And, like, Urban said it. Quite uh, quite honestly, yeah. he said that their offense is not where it has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, they do not look good on offense, yet, but put, Trevor is a talent. Would you
2: have mm-hmm. put Burrow over Trevor? If you're sitting at their draft, and it's oh, yeah. Burrow or Trevor. Oh, yeah,
4: because yeah. they're going to chuck it all day long, I think. I
5: I, I know the Mixon thing is fine. The way they drafted, the way he chucks, I would go Burrow over Trevor.
3: I know this is your list, and you came up with these, but Matt Hamilton, he didn't sneak that Jaguars love in.
2: <laughs> oh, I almost had Trevor in my Because he sneaks Trevor the Jaguars love for me all the heart. time. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...